You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so tonight, Be'ezra Sashem, we're going to be continuing and, and culminating at least this element of the shirim that we're going to be giving on the process towards Matan Torah. And as we said, one of the elements of the process towards Matan Torah is the awareness that we're not starting from a state of perfection, walking towards the mountain to receive a perfect Torah. But rather, what Hashem wants from us is to come as broken people, to come as struggling people, to come as individuals who are imperfect, who recognize our limitations and what it means to be a human being. And it's specifically those broken midos, those lower seven spheros, which we're working on to rectify and to contemplate about those states of brokenness within ourselves, that that becomes the fundamental preparation or process towards Harsinai. Now what we've had the merit to speak about together was the Midah of Hod. Or rather, we, had the, we spoke about the Midah of Netzach, we spoke about the Midah of Hod, and we spoke about the Midah of Yesod. What we're finally arriving at now is the last of the Spheros. We're arriving at the Midah of Malchus. Tonight is Chesed Sheba Malchus. When it comes to Malchus, it's an entirely different conversation, an entirely different story than the one we typically have with regards to the other spheros. Because if the other spheros of Chesed, Gvura, Tferas, Netzach, Hoyed, and Yesoid are going to be considered expressive elements of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world, 
things that bring about presence of God in the world, different modes of activity, of human engagement, of experience, through which we could connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Midah of Malchus is very different. The Midah of Malchus is not trying to do anything. The Midah of Malchus is quite, quite literally nothing of its own. It's nothing but the receptacle, that which is ready to receive everything that stands above it. Our lives, our world, our lives, our experiences, in the most human sense of the word, that point in our lives where it seems that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is absent, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not present, those parts of our lives where we seem to struggle the most, those parts of our lives where relationships don't go well, where we struggle with kavana, where we struggle with following through with the mitzvos, where we struggle seeing value in anything that we're doing, where we're frustrated, where we're bothered, where we're anxious, that is malchus. Malchus is how we experience this world. It's ourselves. It's the shape in which we experience the world that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has created. And because it's the lowest sphera, because it's the end of a process that begins in the unfathomable and ineffable infinite space of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, descending all the way down to the lowest realms, to the dear B'tachtoinim, Malchus is that lowest point where the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu could still be found. Like the Alter Rebbe describes so powerfully in the 36th chapter in Tanya, it's the makom of choyshech kafulu mechupel. It's a darkness that has doubled over itself. It's the lowest possible place, betachles ha-choyshech, to the point that things can't get worse. That's what it means to live with malchus. To live with your malchus means to be present in the world, to be present with your feelings, to be present with the things that you are experiencing. That is why when the Zohar HaKadosh talks about Malchus, it talks about what it means to engage with the Midah of Malchus. It describes Malchus as Lesla Magar Meklum, destitution, empty, without any content, simply a container for something that is placed inside of it, completely dependent on the light that descends into it, but with no light of its own. And this is why in Sifrei Kabbalah, in the Zohar HaKadosh, in Sifrei Hasidus, and in the Svarim of the Vilnagon and his students, that Malchus is the place of concealment. Malchus is that place where the legs of, Mal- the legs of Malchus dangle into the areas of death. Ragleha Yardemavas. It's that part of our experience that after all our spiritual thinking, and after all of the Tairus and the ideas that we have to comfort ourselves, to give us reason to believe that a world is a meaningful place. Malchus is that place where we begin to lose sight, where we begin to be blinded to those elements of hope. And a person begins to fall, God forbid, into areas of death, into hopelessness, into darkness, into destitution, into emptiness, into wandering, into whatever mida or trait or emotional mood that you identify with, that is what Malchus represents. Malchus is us at our lowest. Malchus is when we are finally able to say, Ani Khan, I am here. When we are able to look at ourselves as the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous describes so often, unflinchingly, without fear of what we're going to see. But we're truly capable of looking at those lower parts of ourselves, at our bodies, at our nefesh, of those parts of ourselves that are pure blind spots. And because Malchus is this empty receptacle, 
because Malchus is this lowly state. Malchus is a dangerous place. Malchus is the place of egoism. It's the place where a person begins to think, I exist in a world devoid of godliness, God forbid. I exist in a world without HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I exist in a world without, without meaning, without order. And it's specifically this Midah that we work on the week before Kabbalah Satara. It's specifically coming encounter with the difficulties of our lives, with the concealment of our lives, with the destitution in our lives, with the impoverishment in our lives. That is specifically the introduction to receiving the Torah. How could it be? Or why is it that way? The Torah, which is the loftiest element of light that descends into our lives. The Torah, which is Keser, the Torah, which is Ayin, nothingness. A clear awareness of Hashem's presence in the world, of meaning in that which appears to be meaningless, of purpose within that which appears to be purposeful, purposeless, light in that which seems to be dark. How could it be that in order to receive such a lofty light, what we need to do is first encounter Malchus. We first need to come in contact with that ego, with that wounded self with that broken self that's shattered very often into a million little pieces, that becomes the prerequisite for Kabbalah Satora. That becomes the prerequisite for receiving any vestige of divinity into our lives. So the question is, how do we deal with Malchus? What's our job when we encounter this low state of being ourselves, of living in a world where the news and the current events and the conversations and the interactions that we have don't echo that presence of God, but they seem to, chas v'shalom, heaven forbid, whisper the opposite of that presence. They seem to bespeak the absence of God, heaven forbid. What is our job in this space? What is our role when we encounter the destitution of Malchus? Thankfully, we have a teacher we have somebody who not only lived in the space of Malchus, we have somebody who was archetypal of Malchus, who embodied the state of Malchus. And that was David Melech, King David. King David experienced all of the elements that we've been discussing. Perhaps not in such modern terms, but certainly the emotional experience on the level that we could understand. King David was pushed out, was spit upon, was belittled, was dark, was destitute, was impoverished, was lost, was sinning, was fallen, was broken, was all sorts of concealed. Haraya, the biggest proof is Sefer Tehillim. When you look in Sefer Tehillim, I often say to my clients who I work with when I work in an inpatient substance abuse treatment facility, but if you want to know a modern prayer, if you want to find prayer that speaks to you in your destitution, look at Psalms. Because David HaMelech isn't necessarily praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu because of how revealed he is. He's doing that also. But David HaMelech is bemoaning the darkness. If he were to translate certain Psalms into modern language, it would be, God, I am in this traffic jam for five hours already and I'm losing my mind. I'm yelling at my kids. I can't tolerate my significant other. I've lost hope in my job, my experiences, my spirituality. 
There's a cliff that's too high. There's poison around me. There's wild animals around me. There are enemies who are chasing me. There's darkness that confounds me. There's concealment that overwhelms me. That's what David Melech is saying. That's very often the mood that is cultivated by David Melech in Sefer Tehillim. So thankfully, when it comes to trying to understand how to be mitmodeid, how to face and be present with Malchus in our lives, we have the life of David Melech to look at. And David Melech teaches us a very big secret. Perhaps the biggest secret there is, perhaps the entire purpose of the inner teachings of Torah, which is that even though on an external level, when a person experiences this world, when a person experiences their own wounded egos in this world, and all of the vicissitudes with which we experience human life, even though it appears that this is the space that appears to be devoid of light, that this is the space that appears to be devoid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that this is the space that appears to have been lost and cast away from Hashem, it is specifically here, specifically in this double darkness, in this Choshech Kaful Mechippel, or as Rabbi Nachman points out, the Hastara Shebesaycha Hastara, the concealment within concealment, or like Rabbi Nachman points out, this world which he's convinced is hell. It's specifically here that we are able to engage with the deepest light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Specifically within apparent impoverishment, emptiness, confusion. That's where we find Hashem. Because the role of a person in this world, the purpose of coming down into this world, is to show how even down here, even in the lowest part of creation, the lowest possible point of creation, even in the double darkness, our job is to come down here and show that it's really light. Hashem doesn't need anybody to prove His light. His light is infinite, His life was was infinite, and His light will be infinite. The purpose, according to our tzaddikim, of the creation of the world is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu desired a dwelling place in the nether regions. HaKadosh Baruch Hu desired a place within the broke-down palace, within those broken shards of meaning. Because when we find ourselves in the deepest darkness and we still reveal light, that's a novelty. That's when we're really saying something about Hashem. We're saying, Hashem, you thought you were only light in Shemayim. You thought you could only be found in heaven. What we're doing is we're showing you that we can find you down here as well. And when we find Hashem, even within the darkness of the ego, and even within the confusion of the soul, and even within those parts of ourselves which we're not happy about, what we show is the doubled potency of the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We show the intense light of Hashem that emerges not in spite of darkness, but specifically out of darkness. One of the midos, one of the experiences associated with the midah of Malchus, according to the Mekubalim, is the experience of doubt, ambiguity. Another name for Malchus is Ulai, perhaps. The sense of perhaps, perhaps things will be one way, perhaps things will be another way. I don't quite know how things are going to go. The birthplace of doubt, 
the birthplace of confusion and ambiguity which have tortured human experience since that fateful moment is when Adam Arishan and Chava are cast out of Gan Eden, cast out east of Eden. And in order to protect Gan Eden, in order to protect that place of certainty from the re-entrance of the human being after the fall, what was set up according to the Chumash, according to the Torah, was the Lahat HaCharev HaMesapechet. It was the cherubs, those angelic forces that held within their hands the rotating flaming swords. Now the nature of a rotating sword is that you're never quite sure where it is. At every moment it's moving so quickly that it begins to appear as if it's a solid shape. But in truth all it is is movement going around and around faster and faster. And every moment the person is thinking, can I go in now, will I get cut, maybe now, maybe not, maybe now, maybe not. The thing that blocks us from going back into Ganeid and the thing that blocks us from going back into the Eitzachayim, to live life in a real way, is doubt, is sveikos, is what the tzaddikim of Ishbitz and Radzin refer to as the Eitzadas Tovara, as Ilana de Sveika, as a tree of doubt. And we find ourselves in a doubtful world, we find ourselves confused and confounded in a thousand different ways. And that's what Malchus is. But when we break open Malchus, when we truly peer into the experience that Malchus offers us, what it is is an opportunity for Amuna. That every doubt and every confusion and every question that we encounter, every difficulty, every point of ambiguity, any time a person doesn't know which way to turn, any time a person has nowhere to turn but towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, those existential antinomies, those doubts that assault the soul on a daily basis, what those are are vessels that are screaming out for the light of Amuna. They're vessels that are screaming out to draw down the light of faith. The light of faith and Amuna that says, even though Hashem is not present according to my eyes, Hashem can be present according to my heart. I can believe in a Kaddish Baruch Hu. If things were revealed, there would be no need for Amuna. It's only when things are concealed that Amuna becomes a fundamental element of Jewish experience. And it's that Midah of Malchus that is the place of Emuna. Emuna that is born when we no longer know. Emuna that is born when I no longer have any evidence that's strong enough to support my belief one way or another, and I allow myself to throw myself into that abyss of faith. No longer in need. No longer in need of clarity or rationality to convince me of anything. But I can be truly present in faith. Without the concealment of Malchus, there would be no room for drawing down that unknowable head of faith into Malchus. David Melech is referred to as the despised stone. Evan Ma'asu Habanim, the lowest element of existence, the lowest element of creation. But, Haisalarosh Pina. In the future, it's going to be revealed that in truth it was at the apex, at the top of the system. That what we feel is confusion and what we feel is darkness and what we feel is doubt is in truth an opportunity for us to draw down more faith. Emunah. That at this moment Hashem is still present. With all of the brokenness, with all of the difficulty, with all of the struggle, Hashem is still present. That is the Kayach of Malchus. That is the Kayach of David HaMelech. That no matter where you find yourself in the world, lost, forlorn, wandering, despised, broken, spit upon, 
A person can still draw down the amuna that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is with me at this moment. Of gam ki elach beget salmaves lo irara ki ati madi. That although I walk in the shadow of the valley of death, I shall fear no evil because Hakadosh Baruch Hu is with me. Malchus is the valley of death. Malchus is the place where we're confused and afraid. But the promise of Davin Malka Mashiach, the promise of Melech Mashiach, the promise of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, is that if we engage in this space for long enough. We will come to find that even though death is present and even though death is here, nevertheless, lo irara ki imadi. I'm not afraid because you are with me. Emuna is found in the darkness. David Amelach took that darkness and he made a song out of it. David Amelach took the sigh like the Chavra of Zusha do so often and they turn it into music. They turn a sigh into nigunim. That's the Koyach of Malka Mashiach. That's the Koyach of David Amelach. To take brokenness and concealment and make a song out of it to take empty space and breathe air into it, to make music out of emptiness, to laugh at constriction, to laugh at darkness. The Zohar HaKadosh points out that David HaMelech is referred to as Barchana de Malka, the jester of the king, the comedian of the king. Comedy emerges out of incongruity. When I expect things to go one way and it turns out that they're the exact opposite of what I expected, that's the birthplace of laughter. That's the laughter of Mashiach. The laughter of Mashiach is when we think we're in such darkness, we're so stuck, we're in such lowly, broken pieces of malchus of ourselves. But in truth, within the brokenness is the deepest power of the Jewish experience, which is amuna, which is faith, irrational faith. At that point, that darkness is transformed into such a light that the only way to receive it is through laughter. The laughter of the last day. The laughter that takes part, that takes place when darkness and concealment is transformed into light. And when it comes to Shavuos, when it comes to receiving the Torah, the Jewish people receive the Torah because we're broken, because we need fixing. Malachim can't get the Torah. Malachim have no need for the Torah. They're perfect. It's only the broken person who needs the Torah. It's only the broken person who is willing to look at their brokenness and draw faith into that brokenness. It's only that person who has a benefit from the Torah. The Tzadikim of Ishbitz and Radzin, the Meshilayach, and his children point out on the Pasuk that David HaMelech says regarding the Torah, Torah that the Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is perfect, it restores the soul. What that means is that it restores something that is once lost. Once we were kicked out of Gan Eden, we lost our certainty, we lost our clarity, we lost our capacity to believe in Hashem, even in darkness. And what the Torah allows us to experience is to find Hashem even in the darkness, to take physical reality, to take the stories of the tribe of the Jewish people and transform them into infinite wisdom of godliness. And so as we encounter the Midah of Malchus in our lives, as we prepare to welcome the light of the Torah into our lives, with so many of us feeling destitute and broken and impoverished and down in the dumps and lonely, etc., etc., each person according to their own heart, we have to recognize that this is specifically the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to receive the Torah. Specifically with our brokenness, with our dirty laundry, with our baggage, with all of the doubts that we have. Because when we welcome the Torah into the doubts, those doubts are transformed from confusion into emuna, And Malchus, or Ani, 
that lowest place which is the ego, which is I, is transformed into another word that is made up of the same letters of ayin, of nothingness. That our difficulty becomes a space or a receptacle to hold the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even when we can't see it rationally. And Be'ezrus Hashem, it's been a pleasure kind of sharing the last few weeks with you guys. And we'll continue, hopefully, that there'll be a continued some form or another of Shirim. But as we enter into Shavuos, the idea is that we're broken and that's okay. And not only is the Torah welcomed by those who are broken, but our brokenness enables us to bring the Torah down into deeper pockets of our lives. The Tzaddik of Kutsk, the burning fire of Kutsk, of Menachem Mendel Kutsker, says that there's nothing more whole than the broken heart. And I think the opposite is true as well. That there's nothing more broken than a whole heart. There's nothing more sad than a person who thinks that there's nothing wrong in their lives. There's nothing sadder than a person who doesn't feel that they have anything to fix. And Be'ezr Sashem, when we allow ourselves to break open and melt, to split open and melt, we allow every part of ourselves to receive the Torah, thereby showing how the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu could shine itself even in the darkness of places, transforming that darkness into a blinding light that we can never imagine. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.